Psychology Coach podcast. Sarah, it's snowing here in New York. Yeah, it's icing here in Maryland. Oh my God. And I have two <laughs> glorious, adorable puppies at my feet. One is Poncho Poncho. He's an older he's an older boy mm-hmm. who loves to sleep on the bed with me now. Mm-hmm. Like he'll come sure. up. Don was gonna sleep over last night, but because of the snow, mm-hmm. he ended up having to leave. Mm. So I'm lying in bed <laughs> and I just hear and I'm like, oh, that's Luca. It's got to be Luca. And yeah. I usually sounds like can, Luca. <laughs> it does. And I usually just put my arm down over the bed, and I can feel Luca if it's Luca because Luca's a big dog. Yeah. Like I'm like thumping around in the air, and then I finally look over the bed, and it's Poncho, and he's a little Havanese, and he's mm-hmm. like 14, and he's um, kind of a little deaf and a little blind, and but I had oh. I had brought him up on the bed the night before. And let him sleep with me for a while. And the night last night, I had put him in his bed on the floor, and he came over and he wanted to sleep with me. So, and then I found out today that the mom asked me to keep him another night because of the snow. Mm. Okay, so, well, good. Yeah. So you sent me a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> that's coming. That's coming from Am I the asshole? And I'm gonna I'm gonna say Sarah, take yeah. it away for all you Bachelor fans. Take it away. <laughs> Am I the asshole is one of my favorite corners of the internet. <laughs> um, I don't, and I don't know why I can't explain it. I think it, um, I don't know. It just, it just speaks to my inner messy bitch. Uh, in my, in my personal life, there's not a lot of drama. So I love, am I the asshole? Right. So I, I thought this was interesting. So I'm going to, I'm going to read it and let's talk about it. Right. Am I the asshole for applying to be on the bachelor? The other day, I had nothing to do, really, and I ended up pulling up the application to be the next Bachelor. It was pretty easy to fill out. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, It was pretty easy to fill out, and I've always thought I'd be a great fit for a multitude of reasons, so I ended up submitting my application. (laughs) I thought nothing of it. It was like signing up to win a car at the mall. My girlfriend. Hold on. (laughs) Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. (laughs) My girlfriend, however, thinks differently. She heard me banging away on the keyboard as I was filling out the why you want to be on the show portion of the form, and I was so lost in thought, I didn't even notice her looking over my shoulder. She thought it was a joke at first, but then she saw that I used the word love, and then she'd hit the fan. I tried to explain to her that I was just screwing around, that it was that I was just trying to write what I knew the producers would want to hear, and that I wasn't actually looking for love, but she wasn't buying it. I told her, I don't actually have any intention of being on The Bachelor. And she's all like, well, if they called you, would you go? And I admitted it would be hard to turn down. (laughs) But she's one to talk with the way she and her friends drool over that douche Matt James every Monday night. And that's tame compared to how they act during The Bachelorette when there are multiple men to gawk at, but she never hears a peep from me. Is she applying to be on the show? Ah, hang on. <laughs> I've literally applied to be on The Amazing Race, Survivor, and a million other reality shows, so I don't see how being on The Bachelor would be any different. Yes, it involves beautiful women. Yes, I'd have to be single for at least the duration of the show, but I love my girlfriend, and if she ever had an opportunity to be on The Bachelorette, I would push her to do it, because that way she'd have a life far better than the one I could ever give her. And she deserves the best life possible. It's hurtful she wouldn't do the same for me, even though it destroys me on the inside. I don't, I don't know what that means. 
but whatever. Uh, she doesn't see it that way. And when I told her that it was a dumb argument because this is all hypothetical anyway, she got up and left the house. <laughs> Am I actually at fault here? I was just messing around. Same as buying a lottery ticket, taking a one in a million chance at a better future. And she's pissed off at it, about it. It wasn't an indictment on her or our relationship. Was it wrong for me to fill out the application in the first place? Or is she overreacting? The fact that he keeps trying to compare the amazing race to The Bachelor. Like, dude, it's not the fact that you applied to a reality show that she cares about. It's that you you applied to a reality show that would involve you fucking other women. Mm -hmm. Number one. Mm -hmm. Number two... That would also, you, you, you have to understand that in order for you to get on this, the, you, she would have to partake in the ruse of yes. breaking up. And keep in mind that if you would go on this show and you get chosen, that fandom is fucking insane. I was going to say, yeah, you have to pretend to be in a relationship <laughs> for the next at least year, right? Yeah, you would have to yeah. also break up with your girlfriend like six months before filming even starts for you not to be called out as a fucking fraud. Yes. So this would require... Poten- well, he hasn't thought about it that deeply. <laughs> no, he hasn't. Like, yeah. she understands how the show works because she watches it. And she probably is part of the, that fandom, maybe not like on the, not the, not a fringe right. fan... But she probably understands, like, dude, if you, like, what do you think can happen to us if you get chosen for that? Like, that's something you should talk to me about. Like, you would still want to talk to your partner. Like, if you wanted to go on the amazing race, you'd mm-hmm. need your partner to go or your brother or whatever. But you, sure. you know, that requires like a conversation, number one. But two, it just, it's just such a, it's like your girlfriend didn't exist. Mm hmm. That's how you were treating her, and that's why she was upset. And this- yeah, I think this is. Um, <laughs> I think the answer is a little bit of both. Like this is kind of a dick move, but also this is this is actually I think an overreaction because he's not going to get chosen. <laughs> well, you don't know that. Like who you know who knows? You don't know how these these reality TV show producers, if they think you're nuts, they'll put you on their show. Sure. <laughs> you know, and then when he to say something like, oh, being on this show, you know, I would never begrudge her because it would be able to provide her with the life I could never give her. Let's be real about like these dipshits that go on these shows. Um, uh-huh. Okay. In order for them to be, you know, I follow a few reality TV people, more like hate follow because I just think they're uh-huh. so obnoxious and you know, they go on this show and then they tr- they use that and they try to optimize it to to be something more. And I'm okay with people who go on reality TV shows, maybe win, yeah. maybe don't, but use the platform to advance themselves. But right. when and I think I think that's what he's talking about here is like this really gives you a leg up for whatever you actually want to do. Yes, but you have to actually want to do something. You know, th- yes. it, it doesn't. It's not a leg up <laughs> if. You just want to sell FabFitFun boxes. Yeah, the Bachelor. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it pays, but I, I. It seems like the money would run out because if it didn't, I, I could name any of those dudes. Yeah. 
<laughs> I cannot yeah. identify a single one. Nope. Or the ladies nope. on the show. So, so yeah, seems seems like the money runs out. It's a good uh I don't know. It it's a good cash infusion. Yeah. You're just a dude who wants to be on TV and that's cool. Right. But you're the asshole here. Uh, I don't think he's an asshole. I just think these two are fundamentally incompatible. Like you, you would he would be able to find a girlfriend who would be fine with this. Mm-hmm. If she was just equally fame chasing, yes. Right, not this one though. No. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I, just, I thought that was an interesting question. I thought it was. It, a- it does kind of raise other questions about like. Where's the line between supporting your partner and like kind of opening the door for them to leave? Oh, hang on. <laughs> you know, hang on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Remember okay. when Steve won the chance to shoot a three-pointer yes. three at a Knicks yes. game? And she was like, Steve, I mean, the chances of you doing that. And he was like, you know, you need to support me. And he was such a man child. And he didn't really understand. You know, and this is where Miranda came up with the line, no one wants to fuck mean mommy. Right. You know. um, Oh, I thought that was about the dog. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. It was. Yeah. Um, But she was, you know, she's like the practical one. And Steve was kind of the dreamer. And he was frustrated that she couldn't support, like she just couldn't bring herself to be supportive of something she saw had such a low chance. I'm actually a team Steve on that because like, there's, there's no harm. There's no harm (laughs) in getting excited about that. Right. I agree. 100% agree. It's like, why do you have to piss on his, like piss in his oatmeal? He's, he's excited. Be excited for him. It costs you nothing. Right. I I happen to feel the same way about this bachelor question, mm-hmm. but the more uh, TikTok I watch, the more convinced I am that that's because I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> so we got a letter, and the letter reads: "I am a man in my mid forties. When I set up a date with someone on a dating app, we meet for a date where conversation flows easily, and overall, I have a pleasant time. Yet after the date, I wind up ghosting the person and don't set up a second date." It's been a consistent pattern, and I do talk about it in therapy, yet I constantly go on first dates without making a real attempt to set up a second date. Is this a question? <laughs> he's. I assume that he's asking why, and I think yeah, I like, have Yeah, why don't I care more? I think I have an answer for this, and I really think this is rooted in what is known as the paradox of choice. Mm-hmm. And I'm quoting Business Insider here. It's called the paradox of choice, and it essentially means that while we consider variety a good thing, at the same time, it makes our decisions more challenging. For example, you may have met someone on Tinder, and the first date went really well. You probably want to see them again, but you can't help noticing their tiny flaws. You know your online profile is sitting there on your phone, and you just can't shake the feeling there could be someone else on the dating app that would be an even better fit for you. Just a little bit better. Right. Yeah. The paradox yeah. of choice. This seems adjacent to decision fatigue. Yes. Yep. No. no. Yes. Um, it certainly could be that. I think everybody on dating apps experiences that. Mm-hmm. At least that's how it seems to me. <laughs> 
Um, but it, it couldn't it also just be like, maybe this isn't a problem. Maybe you just don't want to be dating and maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay. Sure. Yes, it could be that. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean it's paradox of choice. It could, it could just be, you right. know what? Yeah, no, that would be something different. This is but, um, something I want to do right now. Right. Although I would, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, he's, it sounds like he's, he's going out, he's having a pleasant time, right? And then, like, maybe that's, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's getting what he actually sought out of it, but he's just not clear about what he's seeking, mm-hmm. which is just like company. Maybe. I do, feel- you know, like if you don't want to date, but you don't want to be alone all the time, mm-hmm. um, I could understand yeah. this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that we talked about all the stages, <laughs> you know, the yeah. matching and the talking and the dating and the exclusivity and the boyfriend girlfriend like ridiculous i i do think that people are looking at anything beyond the first date as as more like more serious than it actually is really really? like i think a second date to a lot of people (laughs) is like oh geez i don't know do i want to what does that mean it's like it means it It doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything but considering yeah. and neither does the third for that matter. Right. Considering all these stages, I do wonder if, you know, making it to that second date is almost a whole like is that is that the entry point to a whole other stage? And that's what has people so overwhelmed. Like, well, what does this mean now? Does that mean that we're talking? Hmm. Yeah, some of that is hard to separate from the pandemic also mm-hmm. because every I mean, talk about decision fatigue, mm. right? Like every every moment of our lives, we're assessing the danger level of specific activities and deciding whether it's worth the risk to engage in them. Mm-hmm. Dating would be the same, right? What? Like, I mean, if dating is exhausting right now, <laughs> maybe that's why. Yeah, I, but I think it was like this before COVID. I think COVID has certainly it's exacerbated hard, yeah, it. He doesn't say. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think it's either... Well, I does say he's in therapy, so maybe it has been going on a while. Yeah. And good for you, man. Excellent for you. Very, 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 very kudos to you. Yeah. Let's all go to therapy. Snap cup. We're going to put a little snap cup. <laughs> I think it's great. And I think it's great that you're self-aware that you recognize this. Because a lot of people will be like, oh, I guess I just wasn't into them. And you're sitting there saying, you know, mm, something about this doesn't feel right. And I want to talk about right. it. So I think that's great. And I think it could be a lot of things. I... I am attributing it to paradox of choice and uh, this feeling that the second date is the entry point to a whole other stage and that that's overwhelming. Right. Or like if you're, yeah, (laughs) if you begin going on multiple dates with the same person, you're limiting your opportunities. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A second date with this person is a a time I can't be on a first date with someone else. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely could be that. So, and that's, but that's also, I mean, in terms of like, uh, I don't want to call it a fear, but in terms of, I guess, concerns, that's a, that's a rational mm-hmm. one. I mean, it, it is true that the more time you invest in one person, the less likely it is that you will meet another person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is also true that 
if you invest no time <laughs> in any people, you're definitely not going to meet uh, someone that you connect right. with. Right. And maybe that's not the point of dating in this mm-hmm. case, but let's let's figure that out. Like, what? Why are we actually dating? Yeah. What is it? This is why I always say before you start anything, before like whenever you create an online dating profile. And this is one of the steps. I have a package called Why Am I Still Single? And the first session is devoted to why, um, what are your goals? The goal? What are your goals? What do you want out of this? What do you want, not just out of this package, but out of dating? What are you looking for? And anything, it's all up to you. It, doesn't matter. it can be casual. It can be marriage. Whatever it is, identify it. Because that's the only way you can really create an action plan towards achieving that goal yeah but identify what you want and then identify just how much time you can you can devote to this what can, what do you bring to the table in terms of time and willingness to commit and uh, and investment what can you invest realistically mm-hmm. that's where you start i think that would be good for this person to figure yes. out yeah okay next letter been with fiance over two years 95 percent of the time it's perfect the other 5% is a nightmare, 180 degree change. Accuses me of cheating, pouts if we don't have sex every other day, we are in our early 50s, starts fights over nothing. He was physically abused as a kid by his dad. I broke up and moved out. Now he wants to go to counseling, homophobe and racist too. Is there any chance counseling can help? Alcoholic too. Yes, I am an idiot. I just always want to imagine he will change. Yeah, he's not going to change. Not without it. it, it, But that doesn't make her an idiot. No, it doesn't make you an idiot to hope against hope or to believe in the best of somebody or to look at that 95% and say, but things are so good except for this 5%. This 5% isn't he leaves his socks on the bedroom floor or doesn't do the dishes. This 5% is deeply ingrained hate. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, some of it is um, not hate, like, you know, alcoholism. Well, the homophobia and the racism is deeply ingrained hate. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The alcoholism, that um, could be genetic, that could be, and, and, but let's be clear, the alcoholism does not cause the racism and homophobia. No, no it does and not. neither does his childhood abuse. What? And neither does his childhood abuse. Right. Uh, history of trauma is not an excuse to treat other people poorly. It might explain why and that 180 degree change, the other five is a nightmare, accuses me of cheating. I just did a TikTok about this. And that, you know, when she said his his he was physically abused as a kid by his dad, okay. So that kind of developmental trauma that kind of developmental trauma often results in a lack of emotional self-regulation, mm-hmm. which explains the zero sure. to 60, the 180 yes. change, the, 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 the rage. Yeah. So that is unaddressed trauma. None of that, exp- you know, um, explains or de- not uh, defends. None of that defends or excuses the racism, the homophobia, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So no. when you see someone that has that kind of, those kind of anger problems, there's probably, not, not, not necessarily always, but there's probably 
some unaddressed trauma. I mean, let's not gloss over the, um, he's, he's pressuring her to have sex. Pouts, if we don't have sex every other day, we are in our early 50s. Yeah, girl, I feel you on like, that we're, one. We're making a lot of excuses. Like, we're in our early 50s. In my in my mind, this is that's not relevant information here. Like, I don't care how no, old you are. Right, she's trying to justify why she, like, she feels the need to justify why she's not uh-huh. having sex. It's like, yeah, we're in our early 50s. It's, it's called age. It's called menopause. It's called a decline in our hormone levels. You don't have anything to, 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 you know, you don't have to apologize for anything. This is life. Well, also, like, <laughs> um, I, don't, I wouldn't want to have sex with this dude either. I don't either. Have sex with a pouty. I get yeah, it. I totally get it, too. <laughs> You don't have to justify that choice. And and no one ever does, right? Like you, if you just don't want to, you don't want to. Right. Like that's, you know, that's it. Your partner doesn't get to pout about it. Right. And the fact that he is, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't either. He seems very controlling, uh, demanding. Anger issues. In a, I mean, in addition to the, the homophobia and the racism. Yeah. So... Can counseling help? I mean, counseling counseling cannot help alcoholism. Well, I mean, I I think it if it's paired with like rehab, right. it can. That's what I mean. Yeah. On its own, yeah. thank you. On its own, right? I mean, yeah. Talk talk therapy is not going to get you through alcoholism, no, especially but if it's that's genetic. I don't know that a therapist would help sort out homophobia or racism nope. either. Maybe they would, no. but I guess the you know the client would have to go and say like you know help me through this. And it does he think that's a problem? Yeah. Does that's, he see it as not clear? I mean, if he doesn't see it that way, he's not changing. Right. You know he he's saying he wants to go to counseling because I mean again that's that's the carrot on the stick mm-hmm. right that keeps you keeps you on the hook. Yep. Keeps you invested, yep. keeps you hoping. Give the ring back. Or, I mean, you've you know already what? been engaged two years. Yeah, hawk the ring, get rid of him, buy yourself at your own place, let him stay wherever the fuck he is, and just leave. Take the ring, turn it in, get the money, put it down on a down payment on a on an apartment, and leave. I mean, I I feel like though there's there's more to say about this because let's I mean you. You don't like him that yeah. much. Yeah. Right? And when, because we get a lot of letters, right? So if if you were trying to paint a rosier picture of this guy than was warranted, you would have. Um, and probably you left stuff out. Like, he's, he's probably even worse than you're saying, because this is a pretty brief letter. But, like, you, you don't, you don't like him. And you don't owe him. Mm-hmm. And... It's not your responsibility to fix him or like to help him figure out what he needs. Yeah, and please don't so please don't stick this out because you see this as an opportunity to get married. I was gonna say, do you do you just want to be married? Yeah. yeah, just go buy yourself a fake ring and walk around with that. I mean, she's already got the ring. I'm talking about like presumably. a wedding band. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. Do you, do you just want to be married because? If that's the case, I just, I don't see you lasting with this guy anyway. Yeah, this is why when people say, if you just want to get married, you can do it. This is an example of it. It is. Um, 
yeah. if you want to have a great marriage, <laughs> and that takes a little bit of more work, a little bit more time. Why are you sticking this out, I guess, is the question. Right. It just seems like you don't like him that yeah, much. Yeah, he's a dick. Just, just because he's a man and willing to marry you is not enough reason to endure his rage, his hate, right. his homophobia, and his, and his racism. Right. Well, I mean, and there's, I mean, there's more, like, accuses me of cheating, starts fights over nothing. Like, what? You don't, man, you don't have, you don't to. have to live this way. Yeah, and don't, and, and, and also don't think you feel, it's great that you have some sympathy for him that he had a history of abuse. It's, it's good that you, ha- you, you're sympathetic in that way, but you don't owe it right, to but him. He's taking advantage. Right. You don't owe it to him. Like, oh, this poor thing. And, Maybe if that just gets addressed, eh, probably not in, in your fifties. Probably not. That that's not going to like. You shouldn't have to yeah. cross your fingers and hope that he will change. Or that right? You know, yeah, I I can't point to many examples of marriage that begins with like. This will be great as long as X or Y changes, right. and that, that last and are happy. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this this dude, you don't like him. He's this isn't this isn't your last chance. Don't stay with him out of fear. Mm-hmm. Not of him, but of well, maybe of mm-hmm. him. Um, but of being alone because like being alone honestly, wouldn't that be better? Yeah. Than, <laughs> than just walk on eggshells and wonder when he's going to flip his shit. Like what? Right. Like that's a whole lot yep. just to be married yeah yeah not worth it not and and again not worth the damage this is doing to you right like this is trauma this is trauma and it will damage your ability to reason to um to assess situations and assess Right. This is like the classic example of why women forever ask, like, am I am I being unreasonable? Am I overreacting? No, you're not overreacting. No. <laughs> no. No. If you can and you have the means and you have a place to land, meaning like a, a, a support system, please rely on them and, and get out of this. That's my answer to you. Yep. All right. Next letter. I can't Next I can't stop putting emotionally unavailable men on a pedestal. So for a long time I've been choosing unavailable guys. I had a bit of therapy last year who outlined this who outlined this to me and now it is clear as day. I feel very strongly in myself that I know the signs of an unav- unavailable man now and I'd like to think I will be able to avoid them in the future. The last EU guy emotionally unavailable that really cemented that lesson was in November. He tried to sleep with me on the first date, to which I turned him down. Then I was flattered that he kept pursuing me, a mistake I see now. Then over the next couple of dates, he pulled out all the stops and I put him on a pedestal. This was a guy that I saw on Hinge and swiped left to, and then a couple days later, he liked me, and I said, ah, whatever, I'll give him a chance. And by swipe left, she means rejected. Mm-hmm. After the first date, okay. I didn't find him attractive and didn't think we had anything in common. Yet I gave him another date to prove himself and then put him on a pedestal. Suddenly, I thought he was the hottest guy in the world, loved his music taste, dress sense, etc. Then after the fourth date and sleeping together, he cut me off with a text about his headspace 24 hours after leaving his house. 
This was in November, and I'm still butthurt about it. How do I stop? I'm annoyed that I know he's not that special, yet my brain insists on thinking he's all that. Okay. So you go first. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm not sure where the connection to emotionally unavailable comes yep. in here. Right. I, I'm not getting that from him. Neither am I. Which is not to say that you don't frequently choose emotionally unavailable mm-hmm. guys. I just don't. I acknowledge that there's more <laughs> to this story. You can't put everything in a letter. Mm-hmm. But from what you've given us, I don't think that was this guy's deal. Um, it sounds like what happened was he, well, basically it sounds like his efforts to flatter you and pursue you have made you feel really validated and warm and comfy and cozy. And you leaned into that and, and felt like, like this was a real possibility. Mm And that's why suddenly you were interested and you were like, oh, my God, his taste in music is great. I love the way he dresses, whatever, whatever. Um, It's I mean, this whole thing about putting him on a pedestal, I think, really comes back to like, you know, was it was it him or was it the male validation? I think it might have been the male validation. Um, And, you know, then you you had four dates and he sent you a text about his headspace, which that also is not really clear. Like we don't know if that's a breakup or not. Like it might've been him trying to establish, like I'm not ready to be monogamous yet or something like that. I I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But that's what I think happened. Yeah. Like as Sarah said, I don't see anything about this guy that falls under the unavailable label. In fact, this guy was being very available in the beginning. Right. He pursued. Right. Right. And. Right. She liked it. And then after he ended things, you said you were insisting that he's all that. You thought he was all that before he was unavailable to you. There's unavailable to you. And then there's the, the label unavailable man. Mm, That's. That's true. That's an important decision. And this guy was unavailable to you versus just being like the emotionally unavailable guy. Right. Because at first he was very available. Yes. And I feel like this is one of those cases where you went on the internet (laughs) and you started looking things up and you saw stories about quote unquote unavailable men. And then maybe you went to your therapist and you said, what do you think? Do you think I'm like available to, I'm attra- attracted to unavailable men? And you've sort of self-diagnosed yourself. And I'm seeing people diagnose themselves in, in diagnosing here. There's no clinical disorder here. When it, you're not diagnosing, no. you're, you're trying to come up with a, an explanation, a term. However, right. uh, I'm also seeing people very quickly and effortlessly assign themselves attachment disorders. I'm seeing that and too. And I cannot stress, <laughs> yeah. I cannot stress, you really need to talk to your therapist or to a therapist to determine if you have an attachment style. And I will also stress, <laughs> generalized anxiety is not the same thing 
as an anxious attachment disorder or Mm. an anxious attachment style. Because I saw another quote unquote dating coach conflating the two. And I, I wanted to say something, but I've, I've vowed I am not going to like step into the comments of another coach's thing. And I'm just, I really don't want to get into it, but I mean, yeah, it's not fucking worth it. It's not worth it. And (laughs) I'm getting very irritated with how people are thinking these terms are trendy and, oh, I'm going to talk about this because I saw that this got that person a hundred thousand views. I've just started, I block I block all dating coaches. I don't want them seeing my shit and I don't want to see theirs because most of it just irritates me. Yeah. Um, I could tell. <laughs> so you can tell. <laughs> um, so yes. So th- make sure that like if you, if a therapist sort of walks you through this in terms, like if you want to say, well, I think I have just have an, an avoidant. I'm an avoidant attachment style. Are you, are you avoidant? Are you disorganized? Talk to a therapist first. Don't rely on the internet. Right. Um, so nothing about this guy seems unavailable. It, I think my interpret per, interpretation of this was when you first rejected him, you sensed something like, oh, no, no. Something about this guy. Because I don't believe that you people... You didn't just give this guy a chance once. You gave this guy a chance twice in your mind. Yes. Once, even then, I think there has to be some level of possible attraction there. Yeah, I find it confusing, um, the the claim that you didn't find him attractive after the first date. But then you... And oh, and you didn't have anything in common. Yeah, <laughs> but you gave him another date to prove himself. And then after the, prove himself, what prove what like <laughs> that you had stuff in right. common. Right, and then on that second date, suddenly he blew your doors off. Nah, no, nah. I think, I think what I think what happened is you were able to get to that third date. See, after that first date, when he tried to sleep with you, you were like, oh, no, 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 no. He's just looking for sex. Right. Oh, this guy. And I think that's what you sensed. I think. But when you first rejected him, you probably on some level sense, no, this, no, something's not right here. Like that, that guy's a player, whatever. And then because you got to date three, you thought, oh, he really likes me. And you let your guard down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you, yeah, that's, uh, yes, that's what I meant when I said like, you know, the flattery made you feel warm and safe. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I think this is. I think you there was always a level of interest in this guy, but you didn't trust him. And now you're frustrated because you didn't listen to your instincts. Yeah. And so it's not that you're attracted to unavailable men. It's that you're angry at yourself for not heeding the warning that you sort of were sending, your brain was sort of sending to you that were ultimately were, were right, were accurate. And mm-hmm. yeah, like I, re- how often do we replay things over in our mind where we're like, oh, fuck, I should have, I totally should have said that, or I should have done this, or I, but I knew that and yeah. I could have. So all the time, yeah, all the time. And that's what I think she's experiencing. Can we talk about the, um, <laughs> the, Suddenly, I thought he was the hottest, loved his taste in music. Uh, Sarah, we can talk about whatever you want. Your heart's desire. Take me on a journey. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, that's probably also something to explore. <laughs> because um, this is this is a behavior I've observed. And again, I, I'm not a therapist, so I'm not going to diagnose this as anything or, you know, anything like that. But it just anecdotally, this is something I've observed in people who are very uncomfortable being single and very uncomfortable. Um, or I guess I should say very eager to have part of their identity be person in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so think about that. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that part of this too? Like, did you, did you give him two chances because you were like, well, maybe this could be a relationship. You know, it seems like he's really into me. He's flattering me, whatever. I mean, is that part of this? That could be possible as well. That could be possible as well. Dating is hard, man. It's, it's <laughs> really hard. Okay, Sarah, final thoughts? Just the dating, dating is hard. hard, man. It really is. Um, and, and a lot of it is disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people are disappointing yeah. but that doesn't mean you're doing right. it wrong or that they are a narcissist necessarily right. exactly uh follow us datology pod on instagram and twitter follow me on uh, what's it called tiktok datology on at datology coach go to datologycoach.com to join the mailing list read the blog i'm getting i'm trying to write one or two posts a day and join us on patreon uh, at datology pod that um, patreon.com slash datology pod we're gonna be posting bonus episodes i've posted a couple of bonus advice columns and the bonus advice columns i post on patreon will not be the same as what's on substack my substack is datology pod okay dot and you can you can subscribe to my podcast pod my substack excuse me Jeez, i'm a mess Podstack. <laughs> right? That'll be the next thing. Uh, you can subscribe to my Substack to get pretty much daily ad- advice columns exclusive that I don't post publicly. Submit a question through datologycoach.com. Please try to submit the questions through my site so that we can keep everything organized. Uh, and as try and be as concise as possible and uh, keep the letter to details that pertain to the story. Try not to add too much extra only because my I have a very hard time processing uh when uh, when i get a lot of information in a letter uh that's it stay warm stay weird (laughs) i'll just steal another podcast tagline (laughs) i guess Uh, stay warm you guys thank you so much for coming and we will talk to you next week bye bye